Welcome to the Faith Renewed Podcast. I'm Pastor Terry Rogers, and I want to thank you for listening to this message. If you want to learn more about Faith Renewed, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. at me. It makes me feel better. All right. Would you do that? Amen. Yeah, you look good. Mom used to say, show your teeth. All right. Show your teeth. Amen. Show your teeth. Amen. So good to see you this morning. Tell your neighbor, man, you look really good this morning. Tell them that. Say you look really good this morning. Awesome. I'm so glad you're here. I love it. I love this place. I love you. I love coming together and worshiping Jesus in this house, and I'm just so thankful that you're here. This could be your first time with us, whether it's in-house, whether it's online. We just call you first-time family here, and we're excited God sent you. Faith family, let them know you love them this morning. Yeah. So good, so good, so good. Awesome. We again, make yourself at home, man. But this is a special day. Um, we're in a series right now. If you don't know, you may be already aware of this, but we're in a series right now called Why? Thank you for your response, amen. Called why, and uh, we're answering questions, sharing about why we do what we do, and, and why again God's called us to this. And so you may be wondering why we do some of the things that you know Faith Renew does. And so we're learning that, and I love it. I love what God's showing us. And uh, next week I'm gonna be jumping back into teaching that I'm doing right now on why the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so important. So again, get back in here next week. Don't miss that teaching as we jump back in there. But today. I'm probably about as excited as I've been yet in this series because today is why missions. Amen. Missions. And um, yeah, and, and I love it. I, if you've ever been on a mission trip, raise your hand real quick. If you've been on a, what I would refer to as a mission trip, was it a trip? Amen. It probably was. And uh, I, I love it, man. I, I love the feeling that I had when I went on a mission trip. It was, it was special. It really was. It was, uh, you know, for us, first time, I mean, on a trip, man, went way out. Went through Germany, Hungary, and then into Romania. Spent time there sharing Jesus. And, and I came back and was just excited again by the feeling that I had. Then that kind of feeling left me, for, I feel like, kind of maybe for a moment. And then it was kind of one of those things I had to process through. And I realized something, man, that I should be having that feeling all the time. That wasn't something I should, again, just experience when I leave here, go somewhere else, because I realized that I am on a mission, amen, to, where, again, wherever that may be, whether it's right here in Malden, whether I get on a plane and grow across the world, I'm on a mission. We know what ours is around here is to make Jesus known, and he's called us to do that through making disciples. And I, I love, again, what God is doing in this house but this is what I've learned. He's given us the great commission. So, so tell your neighbor, in case they may not know this yet, you're a missionary. Tell them that. You are a missionary. God has called you to own, be on mission and to go make his son known. And so I love it. So we're doing that here. You guys are a part of that in so many different ways. And there are so many stories that I could tell you about how you're making a difference right here and around the world. But I have a few folks here today to help tell us this. They're going to tell it way better than I could. First of all, we're going to have in just a moment, Sarah Castor is going to be coming up from Miracle Hill Ministries and uh, going to be sharing what God is doing right here on a local level through, again, you being a part of that. And I can't, again, can't wait. She has her family here today. Can we let Sarah and her family know how excited we are that they're here? Yeah. 
So good. So good to have you. And after she gets through, we're going to hear about what God is doing globally through, again, just the mission that we're on together and how we're helping kind of carry Jesus into a place called Taiwan. And, uh, and I love that because um, we have today with us the Danners uh, with us, Clay and Rhonda, and their beautiful daughters and some other family with, with us from Taiwan. And so they came in just for this service this, this morning. And um, I'm not telling you the truth. I'm sorry. I'm not. That, that, they came here because their family's here. And they wanted to come spend a little time. But while they were here, we were like, you got to come speak at our church, all right? So we, again, God set it up. But uh, I just love it. He got them here. And uh, I'm excited to hear again about what God's doing in Taiwan. And so uh, what I want to do, first of all, is invite Sarah to this stage. And um, again, to share what God is doing through Miracle Hill Ministries. Can you let Sarah know that you love and appreciate her this morning? Amen. Good morning. Man, there's a lot more juice in this second service. You guys. Um, so my name's Sarah. Uh, as you heard, I'm with Miracle Hill. I love Faith Renewed. And I, I said this earlier, I love Pastor Terry because he's uh, one of the only pastors I work with um, that goes to the dirty places, the broken places. When I get a text from him... <laughs> I know it's going to be about somebody in a situation, and he's looking for resources and help and looking to serve them. So it's so encouraging, and I'm happy to be here. Ooh, I tell you, a civil story gets me every time, and I know it's it's heavy and parts of that are intense, but it's to give you an accurate picture of what happens every day at Miracle Hill. And I can relate to a little bit of civil story. So um, I grew up in Greenville, and what you would say was a good home. My mom had us in church every Sunday. Um, but due to just circumstances and other things we won't go into today, I ended up in addiction. So for 10 years, I uh, was just living this um, just desperate life. Uh, I was an IV drug user living out of a Rubbermaid container. And it's funny because I grew up in church, a Baptist church. And I said earlier, it was kind of like the price is right with salvation. Like, we got another one. Come on down. Um, but there wasn't a lot of follow through or this is what it looks like to pursue Jesus. This is what it looks like to further the kingdom. Um, so I remember in sort of the last days of my addiction, the Lord just started to woo me back. And I felt that. And I got so just miserable. And what I used to consider kind of a fulfilling, fun, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and he was squeezing me and I felt him calling me back. Uh, and then in September 2008, I ended up in the hospital due to my drug use for three days. And at that point, I think it was a real uh, wake-up call that I didn't know if I would make it. Um, but stayed there three days. Uh, and then I went to Shepherd's Gate. And at Shepherd's Gate, I came in there with such a bad attitude, such a critical spirit, a cold, stony heart. I joke that I, I thought these people were in a cult because they had devotions and prayer time all the time. Um, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid, and now I'm pouring the Kool-Aid. So it worked out. It worked out well. But in my time there, I spent about two months there, and I got so close to the women living there and their kids uh, and just their stories. Uh, and so then I went over to Renewal. That's our seven-month inpatient program for women in addiction. We've got one for men as well. And I remember when they told me about the time of the program, I thought, you got the wrong girl because that's way too long. Um, but through just wisdom of the ladies there, 
I went, and I said earlier, you know, I had this plan. I was going to go. I was going to kind of do this little thing at Shepherd's Gate, get my parents' trust back, and then go back to what I was doing. I was just going to maintain better, which is ridiculous. Um, but God had other plans. So I went to renewal, and, you know, I spoke earlier about a lot of girls around me having these breakthroughs, these huge moments, and I wasn't really feeling that. Um, but it's not always about that, right? It's about pressing on, leaning into the king, keep going, even when you don't feel like it, making that choice too. So then level three, I really experienced this death to self, right? Grieving the Sarah that my parents wanted me to be, that I wasn't. Grieving the Sarah I thought I should have been at that age. Uh, and it was just such an amazing process. So thankful to the Lord for that. After that, I went to transitional housing, which is huge. Um, and then after that, man, the Lord's just opened doors. I started working for Miracle Hill. I got married. My husband, Bruce, and my little boy, Banks, with the flowing mullet. You'll see on the front row. I'm not sure what's up with the mullets, everybody coming back. Um, but, you know, that's Miracle Hill affects an unborn generation, Right. It's crazy the way that these girls and guys finish the programs, and then they have families. Life isn't over for them. So I'm super grateful for that. So I want to share a little bit about what we do and all the different facets. So our, our mission statement is super important. At our core, we exist to serve the homeless, physically, emotionally, spiritually. We help point individuals to Christ so that they may move toward wholeness, stability, and healthy relationships. So every day in our shelters, we have over 650 people, uh, and we rely on God's use of donors, churches, other partners in order to make that happen, and we want to serve and love our guests well. That's the goal. Um, so we're going to pull up a slide, the cycle of brokenness. <clears throat> this is just a great visual. So what we do, Miracle Hill Ministries aims to shine the light of Christ on those trapped in the cycle of brokenness. So number one, you'll see. We have children's ministries, right? So early trauma. We have Christian foster care. 180 kids were served last month. I was saying in the earlier service about a week ago, we had an eight-year-old foster boy get saved at VBS. And that's the goal. That's what all this is about uh, is knowing him, like truly knowing him in an intimate way. We also have our children's home, which... <clears throat> Since the Family First Act, that's transitioned into a foster care community. So we've got 15 teens there. A lot of people want to do foster care and think about babies and little kids, but the real need in South Carolina is for older kids, teens and sibling groups, so they're not split up and they can be kept together. So number two, we have adult ministries. You've got the homeless and hopeless. So we have our Greenville Rescue Mission downtown, which is all men. Shepherd's Gate, which you saw in the video, women and kids. Spartanburg Rescue Mission. So you have men on one side, women and children on the other side. You've got the same at Cherokee Rescue Mission in the Gaffney area. And then we've got our food warehouse where anybody can come and get food. They're going to hear the gospel, whether they like it or not. But so many people have come to find salvation just through that. Um, I think last month we served about 28,000 meals or provided that many meals to shelter guests and those in the community. So just a look at how you guys 
firsthand are helping through your support through your church. Um, number three, which is really where my heart leans, is addiction recovery. So Overcomers is our men's center. We've got 80 beds there. We also have a transitional neighborhood behind Overcomers, so it's eight houses where men can go and learn. I know transition for me was important to learn, okay, what does this look like now? Because anybody, you can get sober, but really walking that out and figuring out, what do I like to do sober? You have to relearn to live life. Can I still go to concerts? Do I like to go bowling? Not really. Do I like to do this? So you've got this community to do that with. Renewal, they've got 24 beds. Uh, we've got Renewal Wade Hampton, which recently opened, which is 20 extra beds for women waiting to get in the program. So there's a wait list at Renewal. Uh, you're talking six to nine weeks on average. And a lot of women, when they're ready, you got to get them while they're ready. Because somebody calls, they get tired, they want to go out, um, and they're gone. So it's really important. And, and the, the fact that we have that is a blessing. So number four, you see joblessness. Bridgeworks is our for-profit arm, which is a staffing agency. So a lot of our guests cannot get jobs. Their records, they have felonies. They don't have experience. They've been on the streets. So Bridgeworks works in order to staff them with different companies. And you'd be amazed how uh, just incredible the response is from some of our partners where all they want to hire is overcomers. So Jeff Lynch is a store, electronics, bedding, all that stuff. They primarily hire overcomers. And those guys are hungry for a chance to prove that they can do it. And it's awesome to see there was a guy living on the streets, living just absolute just brokenness. And now he has a key to that store. And they trust him. Uh, and he's able to give back. So, yeah, just a beautiful thing. Then we've got Creation Works, which is, you were an arborist, you said earlier, right? So um, they're working outside doing landscaping, gardening, mowing your lawn, more intense, specific stuff. So men are able to work there. You see number five on there. So it says brokenness compounds, hurt people, hurt people. Our aim is to shine the light of Christ into the darkness and introduce individuals to the one who is life, joy, and hope. Because that's the only way it'll sustain. The only way. So want to just share a few stories with you guys. I love stories, and it's a, just a cool way, tangible way to, to see what the Lord's doing. So I teach at Renewal. And in my class in 2016, I had a girl named Lindsay. And... From the beginning, I was like, man, this girl's going places. She's the real deal. And I remember in class, she, she said, my mom's living in a tent in the woods, and she's on meth. And we're going to pray her into renewal. And I thought, woo, this girl is, like, bold and confident. And a couple weeks ago, whoo, at renewal graduation, her mom graduated and gave her testimony. Man. And then they had Lindsay give her mom her certificate, which was just such a sweet moment. Uh, and just, man, the Lord is just so, so precious. Um, another really, really cool story. So Shepherd's Gate is really big about prayer. When they're out of an item, it's easy to pick up the phone, go to the store. But instead, these ladies get together and they pray. So they were out of milk, right? They have 63 beds. You need milk. You have women and kids. So they go into the conference room, and as they're praying for milk, this lady comes up and rings the bell, 
and the volunteer goes and helps her. The volunteer comes back to the prayer meeting and says, we got this lady at the door with some milk. And it was, you just can't even make that stuff up. And it was a lot of milk, cases and cases of milk. Um, another one, last one. So during COVID, there was a little TP shortage, right? Are any of you toilet paper hoarders? Because I forgive you. That was a situation. So all of our shelters and guests, toilet paper was a big need. Um, and the Lord sent a donation of 6,000 rolls of toilet paper, which is just beyond. Um, a couple days later, we got a phone call. A truck was coming from Anderson, and on that truck was 3,000 pounds of frozen chicken. So just the way the Lord provides in these tangible ways, these girls and these men who aren't really sure about the Lord, they really taste and see his goodness because it's right in front of them. And he cares about the little things. I remember there was a lady, she was there, wasn't wild about being there, wasn't, wasn't wild about the Lord. And they were having chicken wings for lunch at Shepherd's Gate, which to me is like, wow, you're moving up, chicken wings. So she really wanted ranch dressing, right? Really wanted some ranch. And I remember Miss Carrie, the kitchen manager said, well, pray for it. And the girl was like, okay, okay. Well, she prays for it. You guys, maybe three minutes later, this truck pulls up. And what was on the truck? Ranch dressing. Tons of ranch dressing. And then that girl gets saved. And then it just goes on and on and on and on. Like, God will use some hidden valley to save lives. He'll do whatever he's got to do. But, man, man, oh, man, it's just it's such a, such a, such a gift, y'all. Um, last thing I want to tell you before we talk about how you can partner, there's also a lot of people know us through thrift. So we've got eight thrift stores. Um, such amazing places for ministry to happen. Um, and when you donate and you shop there, you support the ministry. So for every couple bucks somebody spends in a store, it goes directly to feed a guest for a day. So that's another really cool, tangible way to help. Um, so let's talk about some other ways you can partner. Give financially, of course. And sometimes when I hear that, I think, oh, God. But I want to share with you guys, there's this guy in Cross Hill. Uh, and he'll send his gift in. It's a dollar or two. And it'll be in change in this little envelope. And that, to me, is just one of the most beautiful things. And I will weep seeing this little man send this money. And then we see God multiply it and multiply it and multiply it. So don't feel like your gift is insignificant or not good enough. Another thing, give your talents and time. So volunteering and mentoring, there's a ton of opportunities there. Just a couple right now that are really important. We need mentors for the men in our Greenville Rescue Mission Transitional House. We need some groups to make meals at Renewal Wade Hampton. We need Bibles, Christian books, devotionals, things of that nature. Um, you can also host a drive to collect things. Right now, bottled water is a big need. Um, so that's another way. Attend a graduation. So I like to call those uh, worship services on steroids because it is, there will be song and worship and then you see these women get up and they're so vulnerable and they just, it's not so much about the fall, but about the redemption. So they give glory to God and it's like their families are there and their families have been praying for these people for years, right? And they get to see this come to fruition. Their kids are there. It's just a, it's such a beautiful thing. So try to attend a graduation if you can. Um, pray for us. 
So I think one of the biggest things we need are prayer warriors. Pray for the ministry. Pray for the staff. Pray for the guests there. James 5.16, I love this scripture. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. And I think about Lindsay and where her mom would be if she didn't have those prayers and the prayers of the girls at Renewal. Um, finally, so we've got a slide for one of our events coming up. So we've got three events during the year. Spring banquet, we have a turkey fry at Thanksgiving, which is such a great time. And then the Kids Ninja Challenge. So you'll see up there, it's going to be Saturday, August 28th. Banks is going to be in it. Right, right? He's going to kill me. Um, ages 4 to 12, you get to do a course with obstacles. And then the kids are encouraged to raise money that goes to the ministry, the adults and the kids in our shelters. Um, for any more info, go to miraclehill.org. Everything you want to know is there. On that back table, we have some brochures, Kids Ninja. We've got some ministry overview brochures. My cards are back there. Guys, if you know, last night I, I was having a hard time sleeping, and I just kept waking up and interceding for somebody that was going to be in this service today who cannot get out of addiction, right? I don't need to know your details. I don't need to know your story. But take my card. Let me serve you, love on you, be a resource for you, and point you to Jesus, because that's what we are. We're vessels. Um, I'm your, I, you know, we're all, we're all in this together. None of us are irreplaceable, right? So I think stay rooted in humility as we're serving the king. Do as much as we can to serve others. Uh, and just the effect that has is amazing, and it blows my mind. So get one of my cards, please, if I can help you with anything, point you in the right direction. Also, a tour. I'd love to take you on a tour of the shelters. You'll probably leave in tears, but it's so encouraging uh, just to see what God's doing there. Um, thank you guys for having us. We love you. We're so thankful for Faith Renewed and your support. God bless. Good morning, everybody. It's good to be here with you. Um, I showed this at the earlier service, so Sarah already knows this, but I will say, um, while before we moved to Taiwan, while we were still in Greenville, we used to do stuff uh, with Shepherd's Hill and volunteer there, and so we know it's, sorry, Shepherd's Gate, and um, so we, like, hearing what's been going on and hearing how the Lord's continuing to use that is a blessing to us. And, and just know that you guys there are partnered on good soil. So, um, yeah, thank you, Sarah, for sharing that um, this morning. So I'm Clay Danner. This is my wife, Rhonda. Our three beautiful daughters are down here and will get mad at me for pointing it out. But Karis, who's 12, May Lee, who's 10, and Liliana, who is 6. And we don't have the picture up there, but on our prayer card, which are on the back table, if you want to get them, is our dog, Chewbacca. He's, yeah, he's a little, uh, little Yorkie, and, um, yeah, looks, looks the part just on a small level. But, um, yeah, so we live in Taiwan. We've been there for five and a half years, and I'm going to start sharing a story about a friend of mine named Stephen. Um, and then I'll turn it over to Rhonda for a bit. Um, but Stephen, if you see uh, this picture up here... Um, Stephen is a guy that I met through, well, I'll back up and lay the foundation a little bit. So about two years ago or so, I'd been discipling this guy named Chang. Chang was the CEO of this company that he had started. And as we, as I was discipling and mentoring him, he was like, you know, Clay, I really feel like I'm, I feel like my company is supposed to look like the kingdom. 
and I feel like God showed me that you're the person that's supposed to help us go there. And so he invited me into his company, and so it was like low-key, stealth, um, special ops kind of kingdom sharing, gospel sharing, discipleship stuff. Uh, So stepping into it, we really didn't know what it was like. We had no plan for that specifically, uh, but we knew that it was a door the Father was opening up, so we just started started it through training and like uh, I did a lot of culture training and leadership development training and things like that and and as I did that and started getting to know the employees there and everything and they started to see something different we started having lunches and coffee and things like that and um, through that process met with a lot of people but specifically want to highlight Stephen and David both of whom are at this table eating hot pot with me uh, together Uh, I was explaining that earlier to Terry, what that meal looks like, because he was like, man, that looks good. And I was like, it's amazing. It's about five bucks, and it's awesome. Um, Lots of meat and vegetables. Anyways, but it's getting lunchtime, so I'm probably doing something to everybody right now. Um, But just through getting to know Stephen and opening my life up to him and David and sharing with them uh, just my life and asking them about their lives, it's really what we've seen is... Through doing that, it gets to the point where it's not us necessarily just going and telling, like an in-your-face, you need to know Jesus. But us going and opening up our lives and bringing them in has gotten to the place where they start asking, can you tell me about Jesus? Can you tell me why you're different? Can you tell me why you do and say the things, why, how you act like this? Like, I haven't seen anything like this before. And, and this is all, that's all praise to God. But through, through loving, through opening up, it's, it's allowed people like Stephen to be discipled before they're ever even believers. <gasps> like a lot of times growing up, I thought that you had to be a believer and then you, then you became discipled. And, um, but we really, through Stephen and, and David and, and lots of other people, I could name a lot of names, by opening up our lives and inviting them in, they get discipled without even really realizing it. And so when we get together, like at this table right here, the conversation was, what did you, what, what did you learn from God this week as you read your Bible? And they would share, what do you hear God saying? And they would share, here's what God's telling me. They're not believers yet. But they're learning, here's, here's what I feel like God's telling me. I'm like, that's great, that's amazing. Second question, what are you going to do about that? How are you going to implement that in your life? And they would, like, realize, okay, I hear from the Lord, and I obey what it is that he tells me. And so Stephen's norm was, I know how to hear from God. I know how to obey and implement that in my life. So whenever he gave his life to Jesus, next slide, on my, at my birthday dinner in November of this past year, his normal was, I know how to hear from God. He was already in the word. He was already hearing from Jesus, and the father, Abba, was already changing his life. And so that's Chang, the guy that owns the company. That's Stephen in the middle who prayed and gave his life to Jesus that night. Um, we had on Good Friday, this picture is from Good Friday of this year, we had a baptism uh, ceremony, ba- a baptism party. I hate saying ceremony. I don't even know why I said that. We had a baptism party. And I never say that word. I didn't even know I knew that word. Um, but that's me. That's Chang, me, David, and uh, Stephen and David. Uh, 
celebrating Stephen's baptism that day. It was on Good Friday this year. And actually, the whole thing, if you go to the next picture, the whole thing was initiated by our six-year-old, Liliana, right down here, who had given her life to Jesus earlier this year and who wanted to get baptized. And she was like, I want to to invite all my classmates and their families. And we were like, that's a great idea. And so as we started planning for that, our friend Sophia, the next slide, who, who had given her life to Jesus earlier this year, um, who we knew from a place we used to live. Um, she was like, Liliana's getting baptized then? Can I get baptized then with her? And we were like, yeah. And then Stephen, we told Stephen about it. He was like, hey, can I get baptized with Liliana? And we were like, yeah. And so it ended up being this huge party in front of our house in a blow-up pool um, where we had like 70 people, cooked 100, 150 hot dogs, hamburgers, that kind of deal. And it was just a great, great time. And um, But yeah, that's and now Stephen, is act, he's actively living out and sharing the gospel with people in his life. And and we still meet together throughout the week. We still do things, well, until COVID hit, but um, we he, he's still growing, he's still learning, and he's actively taking that into the places around him. But I'm going to turn it over to Rhonda real quick. She's going to share a little bit about the situation in Taiwan, what life is like there, and what we do as a family. So first, I just want to share a little bit um, about the just religious atmosphere in Taiwan. So Taiwan is a third of the size of South Carolina, but has 24 million people that live there. Um, and everyone lives on the west side of the island because um, the middle is all mountains. So it's very crowded in most of the cities. We used to live in a building that was like, we were on the 37th floor, um, and you go outside and it's like, kind of like New York City felt like. Um, And last year we moved out a little bit outside of the city, which has been really good for our family. But um, as far as religion, uh, basically there's a, it's a melting pot, but the two main um, religions are Buddhism and Taoism with also a heavy emphasis on ancestor worship. Um, There are temples all over the city. Um, You go to the bigger temples, they'll have different um, idols. Here uh, is a picture of, that was at one of the temples when we were there. The girl was teaching her daughter how to pray and um, worship there. And then the next picture, I think, shows, um, that's an example of one of the idols. All of them are have really scary faces, um, and they all um, are for different things. So there's they go to a certain temple if they want to, pray to the God for fertility. They go to a different temple or a different God, and even maybe in the same temple. Um, for test-taking, you'll see uh, buffet tables, like with gifts and offerings and snacks that people have brought for the gods. You'll see, like, the pencils that they're, the students are going to use for test-taking or their student IDs if it's that particular God. So, um, our idol. And so they, they have, it's all transactional. So it's all fear-based also. Um, there's every single neighborhood has a small temple, a small idol that supposedly protects that neighborhood. And so they'll just like stop by there on the way home and just pray that, um, that neighborhood God would protect them from the evil spirits and that kind of thing. So it's a very fear-based and very, um, transactional base. There's no relationship with the gods. It's just you serve and you offer things. And, and it's interesting because Taipei is also very, um, modern. And so they'll be like, you know, outside of KFC certain times of the month, there'll be a huge offering table with buckets of chicken. And, you know, so it's like this mesh of like modern and, um, you know, that kind of religion. So, and, and basically those are offerings so that the, 
they would the gods would protect the business from spirits or and that it would succeed and all that stuff. So, but I would say the the main thing that drives people is um it's a very it's a it's a culture of honor. So in the the family is the most important thing. So the um, the elderly they believe when they pass or when anyone passes away that it's their family who provides for them in the afterlife. So they every single home has like a it looks like a little trash can and um, you burn paper money kind of like Monopoly money. You go and you buy paper with pictures of clothes or amounts of money or even um, at these stores you can buy what looks like little doll houses that are like mansions made out of paper Um, and they believe if they burn that mansion that their ancestors get it in the afterlife and so when someone is faced with the decision to follow Jesus and say they don't believe that to, to come out to their family and say that is is a to the family is a slap in the face so we know People who have been persecuted and completely disowned from their family. We know people who've been literally um, chased and attacked in their home um, from people in their family because of it. So it's a big, it's a big deal for them actually to say yes, I believe and follow Jesus. Um, and so that's kind of the ba- the background of that. Um, our heart as a family is really, I mean, honestly, just to love the person in front of us to. Um, we're a family on mission there together. So it was very important to Clay and I both that our kids know that um, they're, they're there for a reason too. It's not like, oh, this is what mommy and daddy are doing and you just, we just move you across the world, you know, just to live here with us. Um, God's called them just as much as they, he's called us. And while we give them space in their in their life and in their heart to deal with their own relationship with God, we encourage them, you know, let's, let's reach out to our, to our, to the friends at school and let's invite them over. And we open our home a lot. Um, uh, there's more pictures here. Yeah. We just, we do life with people. So we invite people over for taco night or try to get to know our neighbors or, um, you know, have lots of sleepovers <laughs> at our house, um, that kind of thing. And so, um, one example of how this has played out is in this picture, you'll see, um, one of Maylie's good friends is Daphne and, uh, Karis, our older daughter, her, her good, one of her good friends is Chloe. So this is a family. They, the two daughters are in our two girls' class, classes. And um, the mom's name is Bella. So I got to know her, and we just love on them. Like, we, we hang out with them. They come over. Um, before we came here, they were coming over every week for dinner. And um, a few years ago, she, Bella was not a believer. And um, another friend of mine, Jalen, and I uh, really just spent time with her and just loved on her. And um, as they start to hear about how you talk about God or the relationship with the Father, it really impacts them because that is completely not a thing in their religion. Um, and so as we shared with her, one day she was about to leave the school and told Jalen that she was going to her um, fortune teller, which is very common there also. So Jalen just started asking her more questions and ended up, she got saved that day. And the next picture, I think, is of her being baptized. Um, and this was at, like, the Grand Hotel pool in the, like, this high-class club pool. And everyone, people were just like, what are they doing over there? Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, the kids were all swimming around. And it was just such a celebration that day um, of Bella being baptized. And now she is discipling and sharing. And, I mean, she's just on fire for the Lord. Um, and we're working on her husband uh, trying to to build that relationship as well. And so 
anyway, so that's just an example of like our family on mission and what it looks like um, from our fam- family ministry. So now Clay's going to explain a little bit more on um, some opportunities the Lord's opened for him specifically during the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, and, and I want to pause here. I, I did this at the exact same time in the last service also. I meant to start like this, but the stories that Sarah shared earlier, the stories that we're sharing right now, um, one of the things we want you guys to, to know and understand is that these are your stories as well. You guys being financially partnered with us, you guys praying for us, you guys are a part of what the Father's doing in Taiwan and, and with Miracle Hill. And so I'll use the analogy of a spear. While we get to be the tip of the spear, while Sarah gets to be the tip of the spear, we all collectively make up the spear, which is in the hand of the Father. It's in the hand of God Almighty, right? And it's what he's doing at Miracle Hill. It's what he's doing in Taiwan that we all get to be a part of. We all get to be a part of that. And so we want to say thank you. Thank you for partnering with us in what the Father is doing in Taiwan. And all these stories, again, I can't overemphasize it enough. They're your stories as well. And so we, we hope that you're encouraged by this. But really, um, got a verse up here. I, whenever I was um, a bachelor, I, I didn't cook hardly at all. And so I had no need for a uh, dining table. So I had a ping pong table instead when I lived in Taiwan, which got a whole lot of use as a ping pong table. But it was also where I spent my time with the Lord. And I remember sitting there, and I'd read this verse hundreds of times probably, um, but the Lord really highlighted to me 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, which says, Be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. And I remember sitting there, and the Lord had already been speaking to me about discipleship, discipleship, discipleship. And I was trying to learn, like, what does that really mean? Because to me, growing up, discipleship was a class on Sunday nights at 6 o'clock with watered-down Kool-Aid and off-brand Oreos. And we would go through this, these lessons together. And, and I do want to pause, like, I'm super thankful for the men and the women that took their time at those six o'clock times in the evening to pour into me and to pour into other people with the best that they knew how. I'm super thankful, and I do not want to diminish that at all. But it's not discipleship. It's not what we've been called to. And while I'm thankful for that, I still want to continue to press on to what he's called us to, right? And so I really started looking at what is discipleship, what is it? And the Lord highlighted this verse to me. And at first when I read it, I was like, I'm not Paul. You know, I'm not Peter. I'm not Jesus. I can't do this. And then he's like, no, 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 no. You're missing the point. The point is it's, it's bringing people in to say, I'm going somewhere. I'm learning from Jesus. Come with me. Learn from me so that you can follow Jesus as well. And so really that is our heart. That is our, that's everything about what we try to do is show people that great commission, right? That's always been viewed as the missionary's verse. It's not the missionary's verse. It's not the people that go to the other side of the planet. It's for all sons and daughters. It's for all kingdom carriers, for all representatives of Jesus, no matter where you are. I'm a small town country boy from a place called Arkadelphia, Arkansas. It's a real name of a real city, and that's where I'm from. There's and a Walmart. We have a Walmart, and, and yeah, so that makes it a city, not a town. Um, 
even though it's really small. But no matter where we are, when I was living there, whenever I was living in Taiwan, then when I was back here working as an arborist, then when I was moving into the corporate world with no experience, the only thing I could do was speak Chinese. I didn't have a business degree. I had never even taken a business class. But the Lord opened the door into these places that he wanted. And at first, there were a lot of times, and even now, there's a lot of times where I'm like, what? why am I, how am I here? Why am I here? And the Lord's like, you're there to carry my kingdom and to make disciples. And I'm like, okay, got it. And it's just, with what the Lord's been doing, especially over the last two years, it's really similar to that picture we showed earlier. And I've got a couple other pictures on here of, of doors the Lord's opened. Like since we've been in Taiwan, we honestly, we haven't gone and knocked on any door. We even prayed before. We were like, are we supposed to target a specific group of people? a specific area of the culture, that kind of deal. And we really felt the Lord was saying, no, you're supposed to love the person in front of you and empower the people that I give you. And what that's looked like is people like Rhonda just shared about, Bella, it's people, it's students that, are, that we know. It's, and it's business owners and things like that that we've met just through relationship, have never gone and knocked on the door. It, the doors have flung open. I was reading yesterday, Acts 13, I believe it is, when... Uh, Paul and Barnabas are trying to go to this certain place and then they, the door's not open there and they're trying to go here and the door's not open. They're trying to go here, the door's not open. And then he has a vision of this guy in Macedonia. He's like, come over here and help us. It's just a wide open door, right? And that's what he walks through. And that's really what the Lord's been doing, praise God, because a lot of the people that I'm meeting with now, they're people that, I mean, you use on your smartphones every day some of the things that they've created, some of the things that they've built. Um, it doesn't make sense that a little country boy from Arkansas is meeting with these people, a lot of whom are not yet believers, but who have opened their lives and opened their doors saying, hey, you've got something we want. Can you come in here? Or something that we need. Can you come in here and us get to know each other? And they're now reading the Bible. They're now asking questions. They're now, it's it's unbelievable it's people in the entertainment industry, actors, actresses, um, basketball players. There's a whole brand new basketball league that the Lord's opened up the door. And somebody has said, I want you to help lead the culture that is my organization. And I want it to impact this entire basketball league. Um, as much as it, you might think that by looking at me, I used to play pro ball. I did not. I got a real hard laugh over here from somebody. Um, thank you for that. No, I do love basketball. I did grow up playing it, but I did not ever play on the professional level, as shocking as that might be. But the Lord's just opening the door through relationship and through saying yes. And, and I mean, I could tell story after story after story, but I'll, I'll, I'll you know, kind of tie it all up by saying, while it doesn't make sense on paper, God is the one who's opened the door. God is the one who has led us just by a simple, we want to live our lives saying yes to him and what it is that he opens up. And it doesn't, and, and one of the things I want to encourage you with this morning is while, you know, like I said earlier, while we're overseas doing this thing, we were still doing as best we could the same thing while we were here in South Carolina, like in the corporate world, in the blue collar world. Um, 
it doesn't matter where we are. This is as sons and daughters, as kingdom carriers, as image bearers of the king of all. We have that, not just that responsibility, but that honor of carrying that into our families, into our communities, into your schools, into your places of business, into the world around you that only you can be. You're the only person that can be there. And to have that same, I really hope that you're inspired and encouraged by what Sarah shared, about what we're sharing in these stories that you are already a part of. But really empower you to, to carry that same mentality of Monday through Saturday, showing people what it is to follow Jesus with intentionality and with love. Because really, all these people, all these stories that we're seeing, it's not us running up and saying, you need to know Jesus, or standing at the temple waving a Bible in the air saying, repent or else, turn or burn. It's, it's through us genuinely saying, tell me about yourself. Genuinely walking in that authority that comes from Jesus, that power that comes from Jesus, and most importantly, that love that comes from Jesus and showing them that love. Showing them that they are special just because. Just because. And that is really what opens the door. And all these doors that we're sharing, all these doors that the Lord's opening, that's what's opening the door of them saying, come and tell us what's going on. Praise God. And so we thank you for that uh, and for being a part of that from the bottom of our hearts. Um, it's been great getting to know Pastor Terry over the last year, about year now. Um, it's been, it, it, he, whenever we first talked, it was like we already knew each other. Like our conversation, I think he was wearing a deer hunting hat, and I was like, come on, man. And uh, you're speaking my language. Um, but if you want to connect with us at all, uh, we have our prayer cards back here on this back, uh, it's the baptistry table thing. Um, down here at the bottom is our website. If you want to get on there, you can sign up for our almost monthly updates that I'm able to put out. I do my best. You can also, there's also a, a piece of paper over here. If you don't want to sign up through that, you can put your name and email down and we can add you if you want to get connected. Um, but again, thank you so much for allowing us to be here today. Um, and thank you for being a part of, of this adventure that the Father's writing. So thanks for having us. Thanks again for listening to this message. We hope it's been a source of encouragement for you. If you need prayer, would like to support this ministry through your financial giving, or just want to learn more about Faith Renewed, please stop by faithrenewed.org.